I'm excited about where we're at as a church family. Um, we're coming up in the month of, month of March on uh, our fifth year uh, anniversary, and we're very excited. I, I just want to kind of tell you um, to already start being in prayer because I, I just say it this way. I, like, I feel like there's a group of us, and, and maybe you're with us in that, that we're like sort of locked in right now. You know what I mean? Like locked in. We feel like God is uh, have some uh, huge things, if you will, for us and wants for us, and I'm very, very excited about uh, what God is doing and where we're headed. And so I can't wait till next week. We're going to kind of start talking about some of those things. Um, but, I'm, but today, what we're going to do is we're actually going to be able to hear from some people. We're going to tell some stories. Um, I love storytelling, and I love the idea of story. We all have a story, right? And some of us are really good at telling it. You ever been around a good storyteller? Then you're like, and you, you're the person maybe says, I can't ever tell a story, you know? I mean, but here's the truth is that we all have a story and there's something that is significant about who we are and what God's done in our life. And, and, and one thing that we have said here from the beginning, uh, we have a lot of convictions, if you haven't been able to tell, at OKC Community, right? Like, we believe in some things here that we believe God has called us to, that we feel like every believer in Jesus ought to do or ought to be about. And one of the things we talked about early on is that, hey, what is it gonna, what's going to make us successful as a church? which is always a weird word in the church world, right? Like, what's going to make us successful? And, 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 and you guys are in business or you're in industry or you're, you have some sort of field of work that you're in, and there's all these markers of success, right? And some of it's the bottom line, like money, right? You've got to make money. That's mark. If you don't make any money, you're not successful. If you make success, successful, not sex successful, uh, successful. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> the, uh, where was I? <laughs> so embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed in case you know me. Um, I lean into the awkward, as some like to say. Uh, so what makes success? Some of us, it's money. Some of us, it's more employees. Some of us, it's a bigger footprint in our industry, whatever, right? In the church world, what makes success? Anybody? The size, right? Like how many attenders do you have? What's your membership? You know what I mean? And uh, the cool thing for us is we don't have a membership, so it's zero. But we have a big family, and, uh, and it's really cool what God's doing. And so anyway, um, one of the things we said early on is, hey, we believe that healthy things will grow. So growth is going to take care of itself if we're healthy. And so we don't have to worry about that, although we do got to worry about being really good at farming, you know what I mean, and planting and harvesting and, and watering and all those good things. But the thing that we really want to see happen and the proof of the truth of who we really are is going to be story. Meaning, will there be stories that really represent who we say we are? So if you've heard me say this before, don't, I, I get it, I've said it before, but I'm going to keep saying because this is so, so critical in life. Because so many times people say one thing about who they want to be and who they think they are, and then they don't really have stories to back it up. Are you with me? You know, they, the story doesn't really match the, the desire. And for us, we said the mark of success for our church is going to be that we're going to have stories about the things we want to be. So if we don't have stories, for example, if we don't have stories of people stepping out in faith, we don't have stories of people dreaming big and the Lord and the Spirit moving them in such a way that they're going to step out and chase those things. If we don't have stories about people loving their neighbors, if we don't have stories of, of, of those sorts of nature, that, those, of us bringing life to our city, then, then we're just a bunch of words. We're just a clanging symbol. We want to have stories. And so this morning, we're, we're not really going to be able to capture all the stories, but we have three stories that we want to tell, and, 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 and I have kind of put them into the category of bringing life stories, and, and uh, you're going to hear um, some stories just from Haiti, because it's obviously recent, and we want you guys to hear about what God's 
God did this last week, and so we have a few people that are going to share about that. Um, we're also going to hear from a family in our church who started an organization that had a big dream, right, of God doing something. They started an organization called Beads of Good. If you've been with us a long time, you, you've heard of Beads of Good. If, if you're newer in the last few years, you might not have heard of it, and you get to hear about it today. Um, and, then if, uh, and then the last one is a lot of you have heard us talk about Rally for Schools and what we're doing with Northwest Class, and uh, you're going to get to hear from Coach Jason Jack and his experience um, this year and what God's doing in his life and what God's doing through the team and all those good things. And so we get to hear three stories today, which means you get to hear less of me, <laughs> which I know we can all give a woo-woo, right? Um, but with that said, I'm going to invite my first two friends up, uh, Stephen, which I don't know if you know this guy, and Ashley, who came on our Haiti trip. You guys go ahead and make your way up. Um, yeah. Give him a big old hand. We're going to try and throw a few pictures up so you guys can get a sense of what we did, but uh, really these two are just two of, uh, and I went one as well, so we're three of 17. Well, I feel like we're really spaced out. I, I didn't do a good job of placing these stools, obviously. Um, but uh, <clears throat> three of 17 that went on our Haiti trip, and God did some amazing things. And so they're going to talk a little bit. We're going to show some pictures, and you're just going to get a sense of what the week was all about. And so, um, first of all, uh, we, have, <laughs> we had 17 people, and um, this was an amazing team of people, and we had an absolute blast, uh, and we just loved everything about the week and what God did, and um, we did two things, and they're going to share a little bit about the things that we did specifically, and they're going to share some stories about what they feel like uh, God was really doing. So, Stephen, why don't you just kick us off? on the things that we did. Okay, so um, in Haiti, obviously we as a church, we um, kind of set a goal um, to um, raise around $10,000 to build a home. Um, so that is something that we did um, while in Haiti. Um, obviously you can see here, this was I believe day one. Um, so they're starting to lay kind of the stem wall foundation, that sort of thing. Um, so this is there in the village of Labodri in Haiti. So this is day one. And then, okay, so this is actually the family that we built the home for. Um, on the left, you will see Jasper. And on the right, you will see Michette, I believe is her name. Um, but this is the family that we built the home for. And um, I wish you could have seen their faces as we were building it. Uh, they were extremely grateful. So obviously... Um, here we have some guys and ladies. I want you to know that the ladies were just as involved in moving blocks as the guys were, which is pretty cool. Um, and here playing we with kids. Go. And playing with kids. This is actually Beckington. This is this little boy's name here. He's got the prettiest smile. And then I believe this is day two. Um, so one, some of the things we did, we moved block. Um, this cinder block in Haiti is actually a lot heavier than it is in America. To so you, To him it was. Uh, to me, yeah. So You can tell who's a little stronger uh, guy here. Uh, Ashley's over here carrying three blocks to my one. Um, no, but this is day two. Um, we, we got it going pretty quickly. The Haitians were hard workers. Um, our team worked above and beyond. Um, here's a little video. Beckington. Some of the guys. Some of the other children there. 
believe this may have been on the, the, the day before day. we left, yeah. right? So we, we weren't really. It looks like we're not working because we weren't. <laughs> At this point, we were letting. We were stepped out of the way, and we're just now seeing seeing it kind of the progress on our last day. That's kind of right. that's where we left it. Yes. So um, as you can finished. see, there's quite a bit of progress. Yeah. Um, and I bet they'll have it done. Everything. Yeah. They said weeks. it was about ten more days, and they'll be have a home. So. Thank you guys for giving to that. Give yourselves a hand for that, because that's yeah. incredible. Praise God. Um, and we did one other thing, um, and our time, so we did many things, but two primary projects we did was the house project, and then Ashley's going to kind of share the other one. You can use that one. It's all good. Awesome. Okay, I'm Ashley, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what they call SVT, which stands for Strategic Village Time. Um, as you can see in the picture up there, Strategic Village Time was broken into two major components. Um, the first was Mission of Hope um, has a goal of obviously sharing the gospel with Haiti, um, reaching every man, woman, and child. Um, and to do that, one of the first things that they do is gather information about families in the villages. And so um, in order for them to reach them, they want to be able to have some information on as many families as they can. So we would ask them, you know, hey, can we come in? We're from the United States. We just wanted to come in and ask you guys some questions about, you know, just your family and your culture, and we just really want to learn some more about you. And so um, those questions would be stuff like, um, you know, where do you get your water? If you do get your water from somewhere, do you have a way to treat it? Um, you know, how many people do you have in your family? Do your children go to school? Um, what about health care? What does that look like for you guys? And so we would ask them those questions, and then we would kind of segue into a conversation about the Lord, and we would ask them about, um, and that's obviously the second component, was asking them if they were a part of a church family and what that looked like for them. Um, and when we started talking about that, it wasn't just like a generic conversation of like checking things off of the list. Um, when we went into these homes, some of them would bring out every single chair in their house. Um, it wasn't just like here in America when you go to a home, it's like, oh, thanks, bye. Um, you know, it's just a different dynamic in their culture of welcoming people into their home, whether that be us sit on their front porch in dirt or whether it's they bring out every chair in their home or if they ask us to help them with their laundry. That happened too. And so it was like anytime we were in a home, there was just this element of community um, and it was like we were a part of their home. Um, and for that time, it wasn't just we were there for a few minutes. Sometimes it was two hours that we were there talking with their families, and they were willing to give us that time um, just for them to share about themselves and to listen to what we had to say about what Jesus was doing in our life. And so we were just really thankful to be able to hear their stories and learn about their culture um, and just to be able to, most importantly, share the gospel with them. We had a moment in which we were able to, this is our first interaction with uh, Haitian children. And this is, this is our friend, uh, let's call him Matt, with, to protect his innocence. <laughs> this is a, his first time to hold a Haitian baby. It's the only video I took all week, and it's spiritual, supernatural. 
Um, we affectionately called them Butterfingers. After that, shortened to Butters. So, uh, why don't you share um, just a couple minutes about um, maybe God, something God showed you through the week? So, um, one of the things that God showed me this week, we, I mean, we as a team kind of just prayed about what's a word or what's a phrase that God is speaking to you um, for the week. And um, I kind of thought about it for a second, and it, it came to me, God spoke to me fairly quickly in that. And um, it was just this theme of breakthrough for me, um, personally, on a weird, like, like personal level. Um, breakthrough, and then your story matters. And uh, that was a pretty big moment for myself. Um, so we went to a village in Labadry. Uh, we were doing some SVT time, which is strategic village time, where we did what Ashley was talking about. And um, one of the families we came to, um, part of our team was, was speaking to them, asking them questions. And uh, I was playing with this little boy. Um, his name is Bayou. He followed me every time we came to the village. He was like in my arms or, or wanting to drink water. Or he's asking me to hold him and things like that. So we just, um, we had this connection. It was really cool. I was playing with him in the street. And uh, a guy walked by. His name was, I found out his name was Pastor Jackie. Well, come to find out, he's actually the pastor of a village in Levesque. Um, which is pretty unique. Um, number one, that he started that church. Number two, that he was in laboratory. And so he began to speak with me. Um, we began to talk. And so I, I kind of walked him into the yard of this, this house. And uh, the translator asked us to come sit in the shade. And um, I began to ask him his story um, of what that looked like. Um, come to find out, he, he gave his crazy story. He gave his life to Jesus. He's got a daughter who was healed of blindness at the age of 16. Now she can see perfectly. God, like, did a miracle in their lives. Um, well, fast forward. Some of the things that we ran into was we'd find that a lot of people in Haiti, they'd believe in God, but they wouldn't believe in Jesus. And it was like, okay, how do you approach that? Um, how do you navigate through that? And that was pretty difficult. And so I asked him, I said, what recommendations do you have in, in ministering to people in that way? How do, how do we say, yes, God is real, he's in control, he's everything that you're saying, but how do we talk to them about Jesus effectively as well? And he kind of like sidestepped it in a way, and he was just like, just tell your story. Tell your story. And that's when that's, he was just finished telling me his. And he said, your story is what matters. The most effective thing you can do in Haiti is to tell your story how God has changed you and, what, and that work that he's done in you um, and then live differently. And he said, if you tell your story, it's, it's one of the most effective tools you can have. And for me personally, I've walked through quite a few things in the past year, two years um, that were pretty pivotal for me and very life-changing. And I've told my friends and people close to me, my family, things like that, but I've never verbalized that out to other people um, and how God has worked in me. And it was almost, it was this heavy weight, and I felt like it was this, him telling me that was this point of breakthrough and this point of freedom for me, and that was another step of freedom. And we went to this, uh, this other house, and we spoke to this lady and her family. Her name was Jean Sill. Um, and she said, I believe in God. Micah presented the gospel unbelievable to her, like he couldn't have laid it out any more perfectly. But she said, I believe everything you're saying. Everything you're saying is true, but, it, but today's not for me. Today's not the day for me. 
And it, it really broke my heart. And it was like, Stephen, tell your story. Tell your story. And so as people began to leave, I began to, I said, I said Gene, so can I, can I talk to you for a second? I just want to tell you how God is your peace. And he's your joy. And he is your life. And this is what he's done in me. This peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, that's beyond knowledge. He said he ha- I said, he has that for you. And he can do that for you. And this is how he's done that for me. And I began to lay out these instances and things that have happened and things I've walked through and how God through anger and through frustration and through hurt has come in and he's restored that and he's provided a peace that surpasses all understanding and a joy that surpasses all understanding. And he's come in and he's restored and he's renewed. And I didn't necessarily expect that there would be a change happen right then and there wasn't. But previously in the week, God said, Stephen, pray, plant the seed and pray again. Pray, plant, pray while you're planting, and continue in prayer. And so that's what we're doing. Um, but God, I was able to, to, for me, it was this point of breakthrough. And I was able to tell her, like, how God is that peace, that joy, and that love. And I would encourage you to pray with me in that for her, for Teen Seal. That's good. Ashley, what about you? How did God kind of work in your life? Um, just as I was talking about with, in SBT, how much community there was, um, I think that that's something that we can all really learn from. Um, just their intentionality with each other. Um, they knew everyone in their village. And not just like, oh yeah, that's Stephen. Like, oh yeah, that's Stephen. This is what he's struggling with. These are the needs that he has in his family. Um, and this is what you could do to maybe help him. Um, they shared meals together. You know, that's what... We were talking about, you know, how do you know people in your community? Like, what's your relationship with people in the village? And they said, oh, yeah, you know, we eat dinner together a lot and um, just share resources with each other. And I just think that's something that isn't super prominent here, um, at least in to that degree. Mm-hmm. And so just the intention of really knowing each other um, you know, when we were there, I feel like all of us really took the time to ask questions about their culture and ask questions about who they were as people. And I started thinking, you know, I'm a teacher, and 20 out of 22 of my students are in a different culture than I am. And how much do I know about their culture? And how many questions do I ask their families about, you know, what are things that you do? What are things that Um, I can help your family with. And so just taking the time to really learn about people, um, I think that can just take relationships to the next level to where there's a trust there to where it opens up more opportunities to share the gospel and to, like Stephen was saying, to share your stories with them. That's good. That's good. Well, um, thank you too for sharing. And uh, here's the whole crew of who went. And um, what we would encourage you with is we'll, you know, we have opportunities in the future. We'd love for you guys to pray about, you know, how God may maybe call you to do something like this. And uh, so anyway, give these two a big hand. Thank you guys so much. Well, um, I'm going to invite up our next story in just a second, but um, give you a little bit of a, a setup for it is, you know, back, it's been six or seven months ago now, um, I introduced us to what we've been calling bringing life initiatives. You guys recall this, right? And we have these four areas that we've been trying to pour into, loving your neighbor, local schools, global life, and, and friendship. And 
The first three we've, we talk about a lot when it comes to loving your neighbor. Uh, you just heard a global life story with our first, initi- our first kind of step into Haiti, and uh, you're going to hear about local schools in a minute when Jason comes up. And sort of another story today that we think is kind of cool is we haven't talked as much about friendship yet, but we have friends, meaning what I mean by that is organizations and, and ministries and other kingdom purpose things in our city and beyond that, that we want to partner with and we want to be about and we want to champion and we want to, we want to support. And we have a few friends, uh, ministries you've heard us talk about before, uh, but one of the first ones we've ever had as a church was uh, Beads of Good. And Beads of Good is created by a family in our church, uh, Hillary Grantham, her husband Stephen, and, and, and their daughters. And it's a pretty powerful story. And they're kind of at a pivotal moment where God's sort of kind of next stepping it. And so the whole idea today is exactly what Stephen said. There's so much power in story that maybe inside of one of these that you're going to hear something that you really need to capture today. So I'm going to invite my friends up. Uh, come on up here, Grantham. So I'm going to let them fully give their own introduction, but I want you give them a hand as they come. All right. Here you go, Hillary. You going first? I'll move these a little bit for you guys. Hi, this is so scary. (laughs) This is the least favorite thing about today (laughs) is being up here. But really, just um, I want to thank Tim and Christine. Hopefully, I don't get like emotional if Mm -hmm. I keep it together. But um, like, I just feel so blessed, and um, I know that you guys do too to be a part of a church that equips and believes in the dream that God puts in all of our hearts. And that that is what they're concerned about, that they do believe in each and every dream that you guys carry. And they want to release you to restore and redeem our city and our world. And that's such a significant thing to be a part of. And it's been, um, I don't know, we just feel, I feel blessed and loved and encouraged just standing up here today, just feeling your guys' support. And um, I don't know, it's emotional being up here. So the story that we live in, um, excuse me, the story that we live in today really started with God calling us to reconnect to his heart for people and what our family's role was going to be in that, and what that looked like. So with these three, we felt like God calls families, and we were kind of at a place in our life that um, we were feeling that tug, and every we kind of pulled back and said, okay, guys, what is it that you feel like God's doing in you? And we really feel like this, just like the body of Christ, all of us are equipped with gifts, and all of us have strengths, and we work together to accomplish a work that God has for us to do, something beautiful and something creative that all of us are a part of building. And so we feel like each one of these kids, and each one of the kids you guys have, and each one of the friends that you're connected to, and the members in our body here today, all of us are called to lift one another to fulfill what it is that God's put in us. So... Bailey, her gifts are needed for our family. We need her, and we need the contribution that she, that she gives to us. Um, so there was this moment where we felt like God was tugging on our hearts, and he was calling us to risk, take risk and adventure and to do things that we didn't feel comfortable doing and to step out into things that we felt completely unqualified to do. And that's probably the scariest is we just felt like, you know, we don't have anything to offer. Like, what do you want us to do? So there was, 
tons of these moments of, God, what, it, you know, what is it? What do you want us to do? So we did what everyone would do. We quit our jobs, and we had another baby. <laughs> so, the, so that's where we started. And um, in this moment, we didn't really know, but we knew that God was calling us, <clears throat> excuse me, we knew that God was calling us to dream for other people. And he wanted us to lift other people's dreams and not just pursue our dream. And that, that then became our dream. And it's similar to what Tim just said, that the numbers in our church, we don't have to worry about the numbers. If we, if we live out what God's called us to do, the numbers will just be there. Well, that's the same with your story. When you're busy building and lifting someone else's dream and someone else's story and pouring into their life, your story just happens. It's not something you have to focus on. So there was kind of a redirecting for us that we felt like, you know, we're, we're focused on our family, we're focused on what we're doing, and God just really put on our heart that, no, I want you to dream for other people. I want you to lift others. And really, there was something that happened that kind of just changed the way we saw everything. And our girls really were the ones that led us in that journey. And it began with them noticing their neighbor and them feeling responsible to love them. And we just followed. So I'm Allison. I'm co-founder of Beads of Good along with my sister Elizabeth. We started Beads of Good to send girls in Africa to school that have been victims of violence. Our story began when, we, when I was five and my sister was eight when we passed a homeless woman on the side of the road. We were heartbroken because we realized that some people didn't have a home and some people didn't know where their next meal would come from. So we knew we had to do something to help. When we decided to do something, our idea was terrible. We came up with the idea to throw full water bottles out of the car window with dollar bills attached to them. And I can just imagine nailing someone with a water bottle. After that, my sister got a bead kit for her birthday, and we came up with the idea to make and sell jewelry and give the money to those in need. A couple years ago, my family started sponsoring two orphans in Zimbabwe. That's when we became aware of all the things girls go through in Africa. Later, we got an email from a girl in Africa saying that girls in her community were being forced to become child brides. I'm 12, and girls as young as me were being forced to get married. Now we have a school and safe house in Africa, and the girls there hand roll beads, and we sell them in America and give the profits back to them. They make the beads, and we sell them. Yeah, so our church has been such a significant part of our story and the development of our story. And the first time that Tim and Christy gave me the opportunity opportunity to speak um, didn't go as planned. <laughs> and so when Christy prayed over the event, I thought it was a convenient time to run out of the room. And I did. And that left my mom to have to, like, continue the presentation without me. So I've progressed since then, hopefully. So I won't run out this time, but... Um, Three years ago, we decided that we wanted to write a children's book to encourage girls that they can make a difference in their communities and help others now. And we also wanted to share our story. And so when we passed the homeless woman, we realized what it meant to be privileged, that if you have food on the table, clothes on your back, and a safe place to sleep, that means you're privileged. And as a privileged person, you're given a responsibility to help people who aren't privileged. And as Christians, we're not only called to help our neighbors, but we're called to love our neighbors. 
And we want to see girls um, make a difference in their schools and in their communities. And we hope that our story um, inspires families to create their own story of good. And so the book, you can go to the book slide, um, is called The Girl Chronicles. And it has, a two, it has two purposes. The first is to inspire girls and their families. And the second is to educate girls. And so the proceeds from the book go to our school fund mission in Kenya. So girls will have an opportunity to go to school when you buy a book. And um, we know, yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, when, hold on. Yeah, so the Girl Chronicles talks about two sisters who were confronted with injustice and pain. And they came up with ideas that led to something that could make a difference, and they did something. And we know that you see things, you see pain and injustice, and your kids see pain and injustice. And you have a responsibility to do something about that. And you have strengths and gifts that the world need, and you have the ability to do something about it. Because if we can do it, you can do it. Um, and that's kind of what the book is about. But today we're here to invite you to our book launch party um, that's going to be April 12th at Commonplace Books. And we want you to come, our church family, to come and celebrate with us and um, help us empower girls in Kenya and all over the world. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? I mean, man. Kids? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My kids are amazing, too. My kids are amazing, too, Hillary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the cool thing. I, I got to see the book. I was, was I like one of the first people that got to read it? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Christy was. It's really, really good. It's so awesome. And it's so well done. And the illustrations are amazing. They have a few copies out there that you can look at. You can't get it yet, but you can see it today. Um, and then really, we really want to encourage you, like support them in this. Here's the deal. This, this is part of our church family, right? Like, like this is awesome. We can like cheer them on. We can be a part of this. Uh, so mark your calendars for that. Go support that. Invite people to it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, what an amazing, amazing story that they're going to they're gonna use to continue to empower others to live into the story that God has for them. So thank you guys so much for sharing. Great job. You guys rock. Bailey, you were the best. Um, <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm really excited also um, for where we're, what we're about to share, too, and the story that you're about to hear. Um, you know, in 2016, so not this last year, but the school year before, we, we started, I, I, got a, I got an invitation to come to a meeting at Northwest Class, and, uh, and, and it was a, we had already had kind of a desire to do more with local schools, and there was, a, there was an idea presented that, hey, what if we did this rally for schools sort of idea in which we would connect churches to, to, the, to the schools and just provide pregame meals, and, and so we said, okay, let's, yeah, we're in, and last season, we, if you were with us, we did, uh, we did the two teams, we, the basketball team and the soccer team, and we kind of shared that with another church and met uh, Coach Jason Jack, who's the basketball team, uh, uh, coaches the boys' basketball team, and also Matt Ross, who coaches the soccer team. And Matt is really instrumental in kind of launching Rally for Schools at Northwest Class. And here's what's really cool is now a little over a year and a half later, both of those coaches now go to OKC Community Church and are here all the time. And very, uh, just, it's such a cool story what God's doing in that. And we just have said, hey, what can we do to help? And we started bringing meals, and, and in that, there's been a story unfold, and so uh, I'm going to let Jason kind of share that story. So Jason, my man, come on up here. This is Jason Jack. <laughs> hey, man. I'll get you this one here. Here, this is good. Oh, yeah. First of all, how do you follow that? I know, right? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, did you write a book with 
Uh, I have not <laughs> uh, written a book lately. So okay. Well, I, might, I guess I might write one eventually. So. Okay. But I, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not used to having a crowd like this. And normally I have 16, 17, 18-year-old boys, and they do not think that I'm funny at all. So, I mean, it is bad. I mean, they just sit there. I think, I think a lot of the jokes go over their head. So. Yeah, because you're so smart. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <coughs> all right, so this is my friend Jason. We've become good friends, and um, uh, we're going to kind of give you a little bit of a story and a little bit of uh, even uh, on, on their team. And you can see a picture even of the team. Go to the next one there really quick. Look at Jason going to work there in the middle. That's good I, stuff. I do not know what I was saying there. Yeah, I'm sure you're saying uh, trip, you know, triple threat, right? Yeah, triple threat. Yeah, shoot yeah. the three. Okay, hand feels like let it, let it fly. Right, right. Move the ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna kind of back up a little bit and and uh, and you just share a little bit about even your own story and God bringing you. I mean, you showing up at Oklahoma City and um, and we're gonna talk about your team a little bit and then we're gonna kind of get into even the story of what God's done in your life. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about you. And then we'll talk about your team and how they're doing this season. Uh, you know, just originally, I'm, I'm from Tulsa. Um, you know, I moved out here for this job. Um, was it five years ago? I think it's my fifth year at Northwest Class. And, and um, um, you know, like I said, I, I moved out here for this specific job. I interviewed probably for five or six different jobs um, leading up to this one. Uh, and I was told no on every one of them. Um, you know, I was at a point where... Uh, I was a little frustrated because I, I basically predetermined in my mind had any of these schools that I was interviewing for, um, had they told me, hey, I, we want you to be the coach here, I was already predetermined in my mind, yeah, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm going for it. Because I, I, you know, played um, 6A high school basketball in Broken Arrow. Um, I, wa- I knew that I wanted to get back up to the 5A, 6A level. I was an assistant coach for four years at Tulsa Edison. Um, then I was a two-year uh, head coach at um, – Porter, uh, which is kind of by Muskogee, they're, they're famous for peaches. So uh, that's their claim to fame, Porter Peach Festival, I'm plugging it for them. So if you like peaches, that's, that's your place. So anyways, um, I, um, like I said, I, I was frustrated. Um, I, I, wanted, I wanted to get back up to the 5A, 6A level. Like I said, I was, I was younger in my profession. I think that that was some of the um, drawbacks. I think that was some of the reasons as to why I didn't get some of those jobs that I wanted. Um, but everything seems to kind of happen for a reason. And, and I look back um, at some of those places that told me no, and I am in a much better position at Northwest Classen uh, right now than those schools are at this current moment. So uh, I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. And yeah. God has put me in that position to be the head coach at Northwest Classen. So let's talk about when you arrived. You told me earlier. What was the season before you arrived? What was the record? Oh, uh, bad news bears. Uh, two and twenty-two was the season before uh, I arrived. They were two and twenty-two. So. All right. So let's talk about now then. So five years in, your team's all right. I mean, I've decent. seen them play a few times. I mean, decent. Yeah. What's your record? Uh, we are sitting at twenty-three and one right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> And here's the deal: the only t- the only loss you have is to a Texas team, so we just don't count yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, we're we're undefeated in the state of Oklahoma, so I guess that that's something. And last night was the first game of regionals, and yeah. you won. What was the score? Uh, well, I don't know. I may get in trouble. Go ahead. For this, go ahead. It was 104 to 32. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I promise. I was I was doing good by taking the, the, yeah, the yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah. You off were trying. You were trying. I, was, I, was I get it. Trying, so. I mean, you're just so good. You can't help it. Yeah. I understand that. I totally relate. 
<laughs> okay, so um, you're in the playoffs right now, and and, and uh, get a game tomorrow night. Yes. And then if you win, seven o'clock. Northwest seven o'clock. We're gonna plug that in. Yeah, seven o'clock. Northwest class, and you guys are hosting regional. And then the next weekend is area, and then the following weekend would be state. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just we're just going for you, man, all yeah. the way to state. That's cool. So it's because we're connected to you now. You know that. Yeah. Guys, absolutely. with you. Team of destiny. <laughs> we were talking about that before. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, let's kind of go get into your story. So I called you at the beginning of the year and I said, "Hey, Jason, you, you want to do this again?" And and you were like, "Yeah, of course." And it kind of kind of led to a series of events in which I was like, "Hey, what, what's going on? Anything you need?" And there's this, you were in a unique spot in, in that in that kind of moment. So why don't you kind of share where just rewind six, five six months ago, whenever that was, and. Yeah, I believe it was August, September yeah. time, somewhere around there. I think you had contacted me, and you were wanting to do some more stuff for us. And I think you had asked me, um, you know, what what are some of your needs? And I basically said, I think that we need practice jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, we were in a position where, obviously, you guys are familiar with the state and budget cuts, and it's just kind of really kind of trickled down to athletics. We used to get a $3,000 budget every year, and that's just – gone by the wayside so I haven't had a budget to get us equipment uh, jerseys gear whatever it may be um, over the last three or four years so that's kind of you know been an issue where we've had to try to raise money or get creative and go do the GoFundMes or do the um, donors choose uh, those things like that to try to create revenue and Mm -hmm. create you know equipment for our our guys so um, you know you had you had contacted me about um, what you could do and then you kind of just showed up uh, with a thousand dollar check for some practice gear that we were uh, definitely needing and that kind of blew me away and like you said I was in kind of a um, a lonely tough spot um, you know just not to give too much details but uh, uh, I was uh, just coming out of a two and a half year relationship with the woman that I thought that I was going to get married to uh, obviously it didn't go uh, as planned or intended um, so uh, that was something that I had never really kind of been involved in I you know I love this woman this is a woman that I cared about and and just things didn't transpire or go as planned Um, so uh, I was kind of lost lonely uh, didn't really know where to turn Uh, and by you guys showing up I took that as kind of a sign that you know hey I need to reach out these guys are reaching out to me people are are are, um, giving to my program and they don't know who I am and what I'm about um, and I took that moment to kind of open up to you guys about, um, you know, where I was and what I needed and how I was feeling. And, and um, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, everything that's yeah. occurred uh, because of that. So yeah. I had some great conversations about life, about the Lord mm-hmm. and all those good things. And it was kind of it was kind of crazy, you know, just all of a sudden we're talking about real things, not just mm-hmm. basketball and not just meals. And we're talking about life. Mm-hmm. We're talking about God and where you're at and. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then you started coming to church. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. I've missed, uh, two Sundays. Uh, last Sunday I had the flu and then, uh, I was at home for Christmas. So and you missed two Sundays. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And pretty cool. You guys take lessons from Jason. <laughs> Come on. Um, no, but, uh, talk a little bit about how God's kind of been changing you. Cause I know that you talk about it to me a lot, like the things that are kind of going on in your heart and how he's sort of transforming your life? Yeah, um, you know, before all those things occurred, um, I think that I was always kind of consumed 
with anxiety. Um, I was always kind of consumed with stress. Um, and I think that that filtered over into relationships that I had with players, coaches, um, girlfriends, whatever it may be. Um, and I think through this whole process and the adversity and the struggles that I've gone through, uh, I've been able to form better relationships with my players, better relationships with my parents, my family, um, friends, coworkers, coaches. Um, I think that uh, I live a life of a lot less anxiety. Now, I am stressed out of my mind right now because I've got an opportunity to win a state championship, mm -hmm. and I've never been presented that moment, so I'm trying to do everything that I can to, yeah. to get that thing done. But, um, uh, you know, it's just my life is just completely turned around um, in the positive, and, and I've just got to imagine or just kind of got to attribute it to the good Lord upstairs seeking me out, mm -hmm. um, you know, understanding that um, I was kind of going down a path that I didn't need to go down. And I think a lot of these things that occurred uh, happened for a reason to get me dialed in and to get me to figure out, hey, I need to go about life a little bit different. I need to make some changes. I need to uh, make some adjustments. And I think that that's kind of, you know, exactly what I've done. And, and it's trickled down to my players, too. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely formed better relationships with them. Um, and I've got to imagine, because of the stuff that I've gone through, the way that I can communicate to these guys, because these guys are going through stuff that I could never fully comprehend or understand. And I think that by what I've been able to go through and the struggles that I've been able to go through, I can help them sure. you know, navigate through those situations. So it's definitely uh, made me a better person, made me a better coach. Um, and I think that we're reaping the rewards of it right now yeah. because we're just so dialed in and there's a lot of trust there yeah. uh, with the team and the coaches and the players. Yeah, and I know that, uh, I know that you're, you think a lot about how you impact your guys now. And, um, and he, sh he shared a story. I mean, he reached out and said, hey, how can I get Bible on senior night? How can I yeah. get Bibles from my seniors? And that was the first time you ever done anything like that, and that was cool. I yeah. mean, as far as giving them a Bible. So yeah, it's definitely. I mean, we, we typically do stuff for our seniors. Um, on senior night, whether it's um, gift cards or pictures or whatever it may be, but we did multiple things this year because our guys just, uh, they're special to me. Um, uh, it's just a group that on my deathbed, I will be able to tell you, um, you know, who scored what in what <laughs> game, you know. Yeah. I, I will be able to kind of just give out those stats because these guys and this team and this situation, everything that has occurred has just been so special. And I felt like, I felt like, you know, presenting them with, the Bible, the Word uh, yeah. was the right thing to do. Yeah, man, for sure. It's a pretty transformational year. Yeah. Pretty awesome story, right? Give it up for Jason, man. Thanks so much. For oh. Oh, it's okay. Well, okay. All right, all right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for, um, you know, even supporting Rally for Schools. I know Jason is so thankful to everybody in this room that's been a part of it. Uh, well, I'm just going to wrap up really quick. I'm going to pray, and we're going to finish a little different. We usually end with worship today. I'm just going to end with a prayer um, and kind of send us off kind of, kind of with uh, just these kind of stories in our, in our heart. And I don't know where you're at in your life, uh, but I always say this, and we've said it over and over again, but God's doing a work in your heart. I know he is. He's doing a work in all of us. And the work that he's doing is the story that he wants you to tell. Whether you're wrestling and struggling through something, whether you're celebrating something, tell that story. And uh, we believe as a church that... Um, no matter where you're at, too, that you're not alone. And so if there's anything that we can talk with you about, anything we can come around and support you in, uh, please let us. 
We want to we be uh, in this with you, in your life with you. Uh, pretty amazing stories today, right? Yeah? I mean, God is good. Amen? All right, let me pray for us. Father, we pray that as we finish our time today, that God, whatever, uh, whatever maybe we need to capture from the moment or capture from the day and, and take with us as we leave, Father, I pray that we would. I pray that God, uh, your Holy Spirit would move and prompt each and every one of us in our own lives and in the stories that we have. So God, we love you. We thank you for this day together. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.